0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv.
1: It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Bill Chastain, our MLB.com Rays reporter. We're going to get into a little bit of the Rays lineup as if the season started right now. So no more moves allowed to be made. We're going to put Bill on the spot. Setting that lineup, we'll talk about the strengths and, and maybe some weaknesses. We'll also get into the rotation in the same aspect and... We got a chance to catch up with Jake Bowers over the weekend. He was down at the Rookie Career Development Program. We'll hear from Jake, and we'll talk about him and his prospects heading into 2018 as well. But, Bill, let's start with this lineup for the Rays, and you have a story up on the website right now. I'll go through the lineup, the way you've set it up, and then we'll get into it a little bit. Kevin Kiermaier leading things off in center field. Denard Span, Denard span in left Matt Duffy over at the hot corner, then Corey Dickerson, the D.H., Steven Souza in right, Brad Miller at first, Daniel Robertson at second, Wilson Ramos behind the plate, and Adani Echevarria at shortstop. So when you look at that lineup, uh, what are the good things? What's the strength of that lineup if the Rays had to roll it out there on opening day?
0: Well, there's a lot waiting to happen. with You know, up at the start of the lineup with Kiermaier and Span. both of them can make things happen and, and you know, really put their – opposing defense back on the heels, uh, and again, remember, as, as, I, as I wrote, this is totally speculation, and it's, it just started today, but uh, I've got Duffy batting third, and one of the things Kevin Cash said about Duffy not having Duffy last year was he was a little bit of a different critter than what they had in their lineup in that he made a lot more contact, and it would have been kind of a good piece to have in there with a lot of the free swingers or, or the guys who took the big cuts and you know and strike out a lot. So I like the idea of him hitting third and then Dickerson and Sousa backing him up. So to me, um, you know, having that and then you've got Hechevarria in the ninth spot and it's kind of a circular lineup that, you know, that feeds back into those guys again. But, you know, I think uh, a lot could happen with uh, Kiermaier and Span if they're uh, up there at the top.
1: It's a great point about the uh, lack of on-base guys because this team hit a lot of home runs in 2017 but didn't score a lot of runs. Uh, they weren't the three-run homers. They were more solo shots up and down the lineup, so get a few guys on board, and suddenly those homers have a little more value. All right, so how about a question mark for this lineup the way you see it?
0: I believe there's you know a couple. One of them is if Miller returns to his 2016 form. You know, He had 30 home runs. I speculate that last year uh he was more injured the whole season than what he let on He had an abdominal problem uh and he never really did get on track offensively, although he did get on base a lot he had a you know a lot of walks but um you know if if he can get back to two thousand and sixteen form and if Robertson uh can hit like he did in the minor leagues, uh, funny thing robertson you know following his progression all the way through the minor leagues, I thought this guy was all about offense, and, and he was dazzling in the field, but he, he really kind of struggled offensively some last year. So that, and then if there's a question, I would say there's a question mark really whether or not Seuss and Kiermaier continue to show improvement. I think both of them showed a lot of improvement on offense last year, and I don't see any reason why they won't be able to do that. So if those things happen, you know, they, the scoring runs might not be a problem at all.
1: Wilson Ramos was a guy when he finished up his run with the Washington Nationals. Obviously, he got hurt late in the 2016 season. Uh, but at that point, after I think he had had uh, corrective eye surgery, he had a huge offensive season in 2016. He was kind of a middle-of-the-lineup type bat for him. That didn't happen when he got into the lineup for the Rays in 2017. Is there some thoughts that now fully healthy through the spring, he could also bring a lot more to this lineup?
0: Oh, I definitely think so. I mean, his was a gradual, uh, I think he kind of, you know, because remember, he didn't have spring training. right? So he came back and started playing. Uh, and If you look at his splits from last year, month by month when he returned, it got better and better and better. By September, he was really, you know, he was the maestro with the bat. So uh, I expect him to come out there and, and really be uh, the Wilson uh, Ramos that the Rays thought they were getting when they when they signed him.
1: Now, obviously, things can change between now and opening day, and that can certainly happen for a Rays team. They've already traded away Evan Longoria. So you look at what you've just laid out for us. Uh, what's the most likely thing that could change?
0: Well, I, I have a hard time thinking that Span will be on the team at the beginning of the year, particularly since they were trying to make some salary cuts. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. If he, You know, if he's there, another one would be something that could change is if Duffy is not healthy now. Talking to him last week, uh, he was very encouraged about the way he feels and uh, he's ready to get going. And I I think Rays fans are going to be excited to see him out there every day. Um, But if those things don't happen, you know, maybe we see Willie Adamas at shortstop, you know, if Petra is traded. Maybe we see Jake Bowers at first. Uh, I expect to see both of them sometime during the year this year. Uh, But, you know, how you have to stagger their start sometimes for business reasons. We might not see him at the beginning. And then also it's going to be interesting to see if they go with fewer hitters based on how they might want to run their bullpen. Um, there is some speculation they might use eight relievers instead of seven. And, uh, you know, the, the cost would be on a position player, but they might be able to, to be able to swing that because so many of their position players have flexibility.
1: All right, let's look at the rotation now as we move on from the lineup, and it shapes up to be pretty good, as it has in recent years for the Rays. Chris Archer, obviously, at the top, and then Jake Odorizzi, Blake Snell, Jake Faria, and Matt Andrees as the way you have it set up. Obviously, there's depth beyond that that the Rays could turn to, but when you look at that five-man rotation, if that's what they go with on opening day, the biggest strength, I assume, Bill, is right at the top there, right?
0: Yeah, uh, Archer and Odorizzi, are pretty good veterans to run out there one, too. Uh, it's, it's funny a little bit how uh, it reminds me a little bit of how Price and Shields used to be. You know, uh, Price was kind of the flashy one, and, and Shields was the pickup truck. Um, but, you know, Archer, I think it, the, the thing is everyone's still waiting for him to get to where it's not just elite stuff, you know, and, and he's an elite pitcher instead of just a pitcher with elite stuff. And, and I think that's going to be fun to watch because he works hard, Uh, He does everything he can to be a better player, um, and he's a smart kid. So, uh, you know, I look for him to turn that corner sooner or later. Now, the question is, will that be on the Rays? So, you know, and again, that'll be one of the question marks. We'll get to that in a second.
1: Yeah, you'd love for him to be able to do that before he at some point maybe leaves the organization. But when you look at the back end of that rotation with Snell, Faria, and Andrees, what is the biggest question mark among that group?
0: Um, Well... Snell, you know, he was up and down last year. I shouldn't say up and, yeah, because he, I should say down and up because he was, he started the year and, and he just wasn't able to get deep in the games, four innings and he'd, you know, be, well, you know, over 100 pitches and it trend, it didn't translate well. And he, you know, he made a transition or he uh, made an adjustment uh, last year. And I know you and I talked about it a lot um, where he moved to more towards the middle of the mound and suddenly everything kind of seemed to click into place mechanically. Uh, and all of us who were saying, you know, it's just he's afraid of seeing how his stuff plays, we're kind of eating crow because it was more about, I think, more of a mechanical thing. Uh, he had a really good second half. He needs to carry that over. And then Faria, you know, he had a great rookie season. Um, no really reason really to think that he won't be able to repeat that. But, you know, sometimes hitters adjust, and, and we've got to see how he'll adjust in that.
1: All right, and then anything can change, obviously. And when you look at this, there's been plenty of rumors about possible trades with Archer, Odorizzi, uh, probably those are the two main guys. Is that the biggest thing that could happen to this rotation between here and opening day?
0: Totally. That would be pretty big to re- replace one into, or, or one into, either one, you know. But there there is a lot of depth in the organization. I mean, um, you know, say you got rid of Archer and Odorizzi in a trade, uh, you know, Nathan Ivaldi could bounce in there. Brent Honeywell and who knows Honeywell might be in there anyway. You know, they might decide to put Honeywell in the rotation and move Andres uh to the bullpen since he's had some bullpen work. Um Evaldi's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Everyone liked the way he looked when he came back last year, uh, you know, pitched some minor league games. And then further down the list, you know, you can go to Austin Pruitt and then there's Ryan Yarbrough. Um so They've got a lot of depth, and it's. I was kind of surprised when I made out this thing how just how much depth they do have.
1: It's always great to look ahead to opening day and what the team might look like at that point. Obviously, a lot can change. All right, I mentioned Jake Bowers, he was down at the Rookie Career Development Program over the weekend. That's outside of Washington, D.C. For anybody who doesn't know, what that program is. It's teams send three or four of their prospects. They're getting close to the major league. Some of the guys have already uh, made their major league debuts, and they get a chance to kind of learn the ropes from veterans and media types, and and they get to learn what it's like to be run through the gamut with the media, and also they're put in spots where they have to make the right decisions or they're kind of told the decisions that – need to be made. It's a good program. Most of the professional leagues do it. The NFL has a similar thing, uh, but we were able to catch up with Jake Bowers, our MLB pipeline crew, and let's hear a little bit about what he had to say about the program and getting ready for 2018.
2: Jake, first base appears to be open for the Rays right now. How much is a, is a prospect come up? Do you monitor that and, and you know how much are you looking for to get a chance to possibly compete for that job during spring training?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough not to uh, try to not do it as much as possible. But, uh, of course, you see, you know, people people tweeting at you, stuff like that. But um, for me, I kind of just want to go in with the same mindset I had last year, which was uh, just kind of go in, have fun, be around the guys, try to, uh, you know, acclimate as much as possible, get comfortable as much as possible. And then uh, beyond that,
2: whatever happens, happens. How much do you think being part of big league Camp last year will help you this year? Now that you know what to expect, I mean, were you... Right nervous or you know a little awestruck at all being in big league camp last year? Last year I definitely didn't know what to expect going in um, so it was more
3: for me just kind of be quiet observe just kind of see how everything works but uh, this year going in I definitely want to kind of try and fit in a little more be kind of like part of the team a little bit and um, you know it definitely helps knowing all the guys now already uh, knowing most of the staff obviously I think three guys from the Durham staff last year now with the big league team so uh, for that to
2: happen it kind of definitely helps you uh, be more comfortable did you think struggling a little bit at the beginning of last season is going to help you in the long run what did you learn what kind of adjustments did you wind up having to make uh, right I mean so for the first time you're facing a lot of big league
3: guys and uh, you know pretty much you're going to see probably one a night in AAA. and so uh, obviously, they're going to know how to pitch a little bit better. They're going to be, obviously, better and better as you go up. And so uh, to adjust to that and end up having success by the end of the year kind of helps your confidence knowing, all right, you know, here's some adversity. I dealt with it. I can adjust. So why can't I do it at the next level?
2: What's what's the, the vibe like in the race system right now? I mean, there's a lot of talented young players. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it kind of, I mean, do you guys, do you have a sense of that? I mean, that we might have a pretty good team in a couple of years because there's a bunch of young talent coming? Yeah.
3: I mean, I know I'm personally excited. Yeah. Um, I think it goes for the same with all the other young guys that are coming up. Uh, I think we're all excited for the opportunities that uh, are kind of unfolding for us. And uh, I think we all know that what we're capable of, we all know that, uh, you know, we know how to win. Obviously, we won the championship in AAA last year. And uh, so, I mean, I think all, all, all our mindsets are is why can't we win at the next level as well with each
2: other. Yeah, you've seen a lot of teams do that. The Cubs did it, the Royals did mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's happened for a lot of teams. We, we have a few fun questions we're just asking everybody. What uniform number do you wear and why'd you pick that number?
3: Uh, so far I've been wearing 11. Um, no real particular reason. It was uh, travel ball. The first travel ball team I was on, you got to pick your number. You weren't <laughs> just assigned a number by yeah. size, right? And so my dad came up asking me what number I wanted. I said, this number. He's like, no, not that number. This number, no, not that number. And I said, 11. And uh, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I think that sounds pretty good. So that's <laughs> that's how it happened. No, no real backstory to it. Okay. How about uh, do you have a celebrity? People say you look like celebrity. People say uh, I get Zach from uh, Say by the Bell a lot. Okay. Other than that, that's that's really it. Okay. Um, how about the craziest baseball experience you've ever had? Crazy baseball experience was uh, I think it was my first national TV game. It was the uh, uh, fall, fall Stars game right. in the Fall League? And for whatever reason, tried to steal a base, and I uh, tripped and tumbled and did a somersault on my first live TV game. So that was definitely, uh, you know, I tipped my hat to the crowd. I got a nice little applause for it. So that was definitely turned into a little fun moment. But uh, in the moment, it was actually pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Okay. And how about your uh, favorite MLB memory from when you were a kid? Favorite MLB memory was uh, I actually went to both the playoff series that the Angels won before the World Series to get there. I was actually at both the games, so... Uh, I got to share that with my dad and my mom, and uh, so to be there, kind of witness that, kind of witness playoff baseball for the first time was, was probably my favorite.
1: So, Billy talked a lot about the excitement of the young players in the organization and, and the group that won the title in AAA a year ago, uh, but when you look at Jake Bowers in 2018, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, there may be an opportunity for this guy to be a major part of this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the wrong guy if you want to hear something bad about this kid. I mean, I am so impressed with him and... Um, you know, if you want to just listen to his, uh, remarks here, I think he's really mature. Uh, he has, you know, the kind of temperament you love, you know, you love that, uh, kind of no pulse, um, easygoing steady, uh, kind of, uh, personality in which he seems to have and he's young to have that, but, uh, the way he hits a baseball is, uh, pretty impressive. And I mean, you have, you just have to see it to believe it, uh, Uh, they made quite an acquisition, I think, when they got him from San Diego. So I'm very excited to see him again and how much he's improved this year. I know at the winter meetings, uh, Kevin Cash said um, he thought it was good that after uh, he was at spring training last year, that Bowers struggled a little bit in the minor leagues to start. And, you know, that's where they really look at, you know, what a player's medal is like and how he handles adversity and You know He came through that with flying colors. Uh, I think uh, the Rays are very excited about his future with the team.
1: Yeah, and he had a really good spring training. We'll see if he can do that again with a second chance. He said he expects to feel a lot more comfortable with the teammates here in 2018. All right, great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Rays edition. For Bill Chastain, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.